Hi guys! Hi! And welcome back to the latest instalment of Legally Crimed. So Megan, how's your week been? Oh, it's just been a bit stressful to be honest. It's oh no. Nothing at the norm. Uh, I was thinking the other day I was in work and I got absolutely slated because when I was working at a different Costa that I work at and I actually keep thinking back to it. I was on their coffee machine. It was like an actual queue out the door and literally a full jug of milk. So imagine like two large cappuccinos size of milk, right? Spilt all over me, all over the walls, oh. up the perfect screen. And that's been like my work group chats, like number one thing this week. Like every like anytime <laughs> anyone says something, it's been like brought back to me. Like somehow people will make a joke. Was so, that cow's milk as well? Cow's milk, so it was stinky. It was blue milk. It was stinky. I know cow's milk probably does smell like. Oh. Yeah, obviously because it'd been sitting there as well. It was a wee bit burnt, so it was like burnt oh. cow milk. Ooh. It really wasn't a vibe. So yeah, my week's been a wee bit traumatized by that. But <laughs> what about you? I've had a pretty bland week. I'm not gonna lie. It's been quite quite vanilla. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if 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 I'm just gonna, if you want to understand like where I am mentally right now, um. So I was scrolling through TikTok, you know, as we all do these days, and I came across a like one of those Christmas like baking videos. Oh, if you've not seen them, they're basically like videos where people bake, you know, Christmas themed delicacies. Um, wow. With like Christmas music on in the background, right? So that one came up and um, I started to cry. So, you know. I think that just sums it up for me, like where I am right now. But uh, yeah, Christmas it was nice days. though. It was just that one single tear, like, ah, yes. Okay. Sometimes I think you need that though. You just need a wee. It was a wee escape from reality, I'm not going to lie. Like, I have, when I need a cry, I have my one episode of Scrubs that I watch oh. 20 minutes. And it's called My Lunch, if anyone wants to know. Uh, and it's in, out, watched, cry. That's it. That's it. Bish, bash, bosh. And then you're fine after it. You're much better. Done and dusted. Um, so another highlight of the week, I could say, is we're finally on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, that's a nice positive one. A wee positive one. I don't know why it took so long, because only we were only up, like, quite recently. Or maybe, maybe we were up before then, I just didn't even realise. I think Apple are just a wee bit more, what's the word, like, like pernickety? They just took their time for us but we're finally there and that can only mean one thing you can leave us reviews (laughs) that we juggle (laughs) so that just just a wee review be lovely thanks a wee review we written you know i've definitely not been trying to leave us (laughs) ratings don't you dare say what i think you're going to say (laughs) what do you think i'm going to say i think that you're going to say you've been making accounts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no. False names. no i've not been doing that but i think we need to address something that you know what we were talking about when you see making up fake accounts no joanna this you actually can't out me for this because this is a deep dark secret like seeing people ask you what's your dark secret this is mine that i don't tell people <laughs> oh will i not say it do you really not want me to say it fine out me i'll become a cleansed person after this it's like confession <laughs> You can you can die peacefully now, Megan. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll go to my grave a, a peaceful, sinless woman. <laughs> okay, so 
I don't even what, I don't even know why you did this. What what was the point in doing this? I remember but... doing this. I remember I was stalking someone's boyfriend. I was for their sake. I was stalking the, like they thought. I don't know if it was like their boyfriend or someone they were speaking to, but I basically was stalking this person for them. But I didn't want to do it on my actual public account. Well, my account's private, but you know what I mean. So Megan, the uh, detective that she is, made. <laughs> I can't actually say this without laughing. So she makes another fake account, and she co- like she calls it so creative, but <laughs> uh, you're not giving me enough credit. It was actually bot one two three. Oh wow, but <laughs> you thought you were so slick with that. The embarrassing thing really was though. Like I obviously didn't know. I used it once or twice, and then was like, okay, found the info I needed, and that was it. It was when people started texting me being like, oh, by the way, Megan, look, it's coming up saying, like, your Facebook friend, Megan Dow. <laughs> that, honestly, like, I had to deny it. Like, I, like, I think the only person I'd really ever admitted to was you. No, and I remember when you admitted it to me. We were in class. Where are you? <laughs> yeah, we were in, like, a criminal justice theory or whatever. What was that class called last year? Criminal justice. <laughs> and it was, like... We would get like a five minute break in the middle of like a two hour <laughs> seminar. And then um, <laughs> we brought it up because I got the notification on my phone, like your friend Megan Davis on Instagram bought one, two, three, and I brought it up to you. And then yeah, you spilled the beans and then we had to go back to class and I was actual tears rolling down my face. Me committing a bit of fraud during Justice. <laughs> I wish I knew the account password because I would do a lot of stalking with that. Well, not anymore. No, oh yeah, not anymore. As people clearly know, <laughs> I've been outed. You're welcome. Oh well, that was a great intro, I think, to this one. Yeah, lovely and positive. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to Are you thinking about bought one, two, three, four? No, it's every time you do that, we laugh. You're like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Silently Grinch. Okay, so today's episode is focusing upon the horrific gay panic slash LGBTQ plus defence, which is a legal strategy that asks a jury to find a victim's sexual orientation or gender identity as a reason to blame for the accused violent reaction, which tragically is often murder. So similarly to the rough sex defence that we discussed in the first episode, the gay panic defence is not a defence that's situated in statute, so that means it's not like in legislation, um, but instead it's a technique that is used by legal defence teams to implant motives for self-defence and provocation into the jury's minds. So it's a tactic that's used by the defence um, that plays on prejudice, but also excuses the violence on part of the accused as well. Now, some of you may have already heard of this defence, um, but we do just want to point out that the LGBT, oh, sorry, um, but we do just want to point out that the LGBT bar uses the term LGBTQ plus panic rather than like the gay or the trans panic defence. Um, this is just to make sure that the term is much more inclusive because the use of the defence impacts everyone in the LGBTQ plus community, not just those who identify as gay or transgender. So that is how we're going to be referring to it in this episode. 
Now, when a perpetrator uses this defence, they are claiming that the victim's sexual orientation or gender identity not only explains, but also excuses a loss of self-control and the subsequent assault. By fully or partially acquitting the perpetrators of crimes against LGBTQ plus victims, this defence implies that LGBTQ plus lives are worth less than others. Because, I mean, it does. It's just like saying, well the way that you like you know your sexual orientation or um your like gender identity that just means oh yeah that was so frightening to me so that makes the that conduct like okay yeah it is very much just saying like oh because you're so scary and like you're so disgusting uh, my my violent reaction is okay yeah the defense typically has three variations in which it can be used in the law So the first one is the defence of insanity or diminished capacity. So when they're arguing this kind of variation of the defence, this argues that the victim's sexual orientation or gender identity is to blame for the defendant's breakdown into a panic. So the gay panic disorder has been debunked. I was about to say dunked. Has been dunked. (laughs) Okay, no, that's so inappropriate. Um, And removed from the diagnostic system statistical manual of mental disorders did i get that right yeah that's Um, that's the one sorry um so that was completely debunked and removed by the american psychological association in 1973 but legal defense teams still use it the other variation is the provocation um defense so this argues that the victims like non-violent sexual advance um could be sufficiently provocative to induce a defendant to kill them, which is just so like it's a reach, you know what I mean? Like, oh well, yes, yeah, it's, it's very like I don't know. I just don't know how you could be provoked by you know what I mean, like someone being gay. I don't really understand that. I know. And the final way that the defense can be used is in self-defense. So this argues that because of the victim's sexual orientation or gender identity. The victim must have been about to cause the defendant serious bodily harm. That makes absolutely no sense. So this is basically saying that, like, because this person is gay or because they like are transgender, um, that means that they're going to be like they're about to like beat someone up or they're about to be really dangerous. So then you obviously have to defend yourself. I think it's such a shame as well because I think most of the cases really are based on that. Like that's what people argue. They're like, oh my god, I was so shocked that I found that this person was transgender. Like. I can't believe this gay person like, looked at me the wrong way. That's kind of, and then they're like, I just had to defend myself. And it's like, well, no, like, you didn't. How is, how is that so shocking? How is that so terrifying? Like, what? The oh. use of the gay uh, slash LGBTQ plus panic in murder cases has been connected to theories about homosexuality being a mental disorder, which obviously is absolutely ridiculous. But it's this... such an old-fashioned idea as well, isn't it? I mean, that was how homosexuality was first viewed, you know, that it was some sort of mental illness or whatever, which is just so horrendous and obviously completely untrue. And it shows how far back I think the defence stands. Yeah. As the term homosexual panic was coined in the 1920s by clinical psychiatrist Edward Kemp. Like, mind Kemp? Well, yeah, I, yeah. Well, That's but Kemp, though. 
that's a bit creepy, but mm-hmm. he argued that certain troubled individuals who thought of themselves as heterosexuals were actually latent homosexuals. So these individuals suffered from an internal conflict between their feelings of attraction to individuals of the same sex and societal views. According to Kempf, the male patient afflicted with homosexual panic would be attracted to the same sex associations and would be horrified by the opposite sex. This is such a weird way to word this, but this was what the guy had said. After heterosexual failure, so it's like highlighting that that should be like your first and only option. And if that doesn't work, like that's failure. The patient would become anxious, depressed, and sometimes suicidal. Interestingly, separation from an individual of the same sex to whom the patient was attracted, rather than a homosexual advance, would create a panic state. So... The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is the official list of psychiatric disorders published by the American Psychiatric Association, actually listed homosexual panic disorder in its 1952 edition. But it's not, as like Joe said earlier, it's not appeared since then. So technically, it's not been struck off, but they've just not mentioned it since. And even in... 1952 many of the standard psychiatric and psychological dictionaries didn't recognize homosexual panic disorder as a psychiatric disorder showing like how it's not got a lot of credibility in that kind of realm of work so i mean as we've said this as a whole it's a really like outdated idea it just sounds so old-fashioned but shockingly the defense has been successful as recently as april 2018 when the defence was used to mitigate a murder charge. So the defence has been used globally in countries such as Australia, where the defence was known as the Homosexual Advance Defence, or HAD. And in the UK, um, such a defence has been recognised as the Portsmouth Defence, or the Guardsman Defence, and has been known about for some considerable time. I didn't even know that was a thing. I mean, we'll go on to talk about the, the place that it has in the UK right now, but... Um, yeah, it was like, I've never even heard of it, but... Yeah, near yeah, to that, I'll be researched for this. I was quite shocked. It's not like a wholly American concept, unfortunately. Huh. Sadly, there are countless cases where this defence um, has been used, um, all the, which stems all the way back to 1954, when William T. Simpson was murdered in North Miami, Florida, when the defendants claimed they shot him... Um, victim the victim Simpson was gay um because they were resisting his advances and therefore they utilized the provocation variation of the defense now even though the defendants were criminals who frequented that area um of the highway to rob other drivers and intentionally targeted homosexual victims the defendants were convicted of manslaughter rather than first degree murder that's just so sad because I think it just shows like they they used to do this quite a lot they would uh, like intentionally target um like homosexuals as their victims so they knew what they were doing um because in america like well um there's like all these different variations of well not variations but um what do you call it yeah the, the degrees of murder like and in first degree murder um you have to have like intention or is it premeditation you have to have? I think it's premeditation. Yeah. I could be wrong on that, but I'm like quite sure. I think it is. But they were obviously like they obviously knew what they were doing and they were they'd intended to like go out and you know, they've done this before, but they still 
were convicted of manslaughter, which is obviously a lesser charge. Um, yeah, like, it shows as well, like, obviously, with them being repeat offenders, mm-hmm. that didn't even matter. Like, they yeah. were still taking down a charge, which is obviously, and that's not a long time ago. Like, how long are we talking? Like, I know, that's only, what, like, 60 years ago, which mm-hmm. isn't, that's not a long time. I mean, it's like our grandparents era. I know. I mean, I'm still in that phase of, you know, when you think of like 10 years ago, I think of like the 90s or the 2000s at most. And it's like, whoa, okay. 2020, wow. Actually, I showed our old age, but. I know. Over the hill now, Megan, aren't we? Oh, no, stop, please. That's giving me. <laughs> Arguably, one of the most famous LGBTQ hate crimes was the tragic murder of Matthew Shepard. I actually was really interested when I was doing this research because I'd only heard of this case once before and it was a girl I used to work with did like the, I think it was like the play or like the story. She went to like an acting school of this and supposedly it's like so famous that actually was, I think it's really bad that I didn't know much about it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I first heard about this case probably quite a while ago, but um, it's, it's really sad. I don't know if any of you guys have heard about it, but if you haven't, um, buckle up. Matthew Shepard was a 21-year-old student at the University of... Is that Wyoming? Wyoming. 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 Wyoming, yeah. Who was described as a friendly, outgoing individual who was an advocate for uh, equality. However, on the 7th of October 1998, after he'd been meeting up with two friends to organise LGBT Awareness Week on the campus, which is, I think, so sad because obviously it's so clear how much of an advocate he was and it wasn't easy back in this time it's not easy now but I know and I think I don't know much about Wyoming you guys can correct me if anyone else knows but I can't I don't know if this is particularly a, you know a very um I don't know inclusive mm-hmm. yeah like you know you get those kind of more conservative states I don't know this could be like a completely blue state and I wouldn't even know but like you know what I mean <laughs> um but yeah, but what, like you're saying, like especially back then, you know, it definitely wouldn't have been easy for, and especially like in college. I mean, obviously, American colleges are completely different from our colleges. I mean, the culture and that are it's completely over, different over there. But um, I, when I think of like an American college, I think of like, you know, Brett and like Brock and like Chad. proper chats wearing their like Letterman jackets. Like, you know, it's not a very like, or it's a very kind of toxic masculinity masculinity culture um so yeah, i can imagine something like that um obsessed like matthew um being being gay um and open a start yeah openly gay and then actively like campaigning as well it must have just been yeah pretty difficult on this night two men aaron mckinney and russell henderson abducted matt and took him to a remote area east of La- Lamarney, Wyoming. That's a table I've pronunciation. Heard, I've heard different, is it either Laramie or Laramie? I'm not sure. But Anyone feel free to correct me in that. I'm yeah. very open about the fact that was a table pronunciation. <laughs> he, that's absolutely horrific. He was tied to a split rail fence where the two men severely assaulted him with the butt of a pistol. He was beaten and left to die in the cold of the night and almost 18 hours later he was found by a a cyclist who initially mistook him for a scarecrow. That's and horrifying. I, yeah, I, mean, I remember reading up hours. and the yeah. the guy that found him literally said like he was gonna go by. Like it just genuinely thought that it was like a farming thing or something, like a scarecrow because of how horrific Matthew's body had been left. I like read something this was ages ago, but um apparently 
his face was like his whole head was so like covered in blood that the only part of his face um that was cleaned was from like tears like running down his face it's so sad it's absolutely horrendous and tragically five days later Matthew passed away in hospital inciting anger across the country at the horrific attack at Matthew's funeral his father Dennis Shepherd was instructed to wear a bulletproof vest during McKinney's police confession he had began he stated sorry that he'd began to attack Shepherd because the student had put his hand in his leg during the car ride and he proceeded to say, guess what, we're not gay and we're going to jack you up. I literally can't even, like, who would even think to say something like that? And mm. in, in another statement, this is absolutely terrible, and I think actually how a lot of these, like, hate crimes are incited, he said that Shepard simply looked like he was about to grope McKinney. Like, how can you look like you're going to grope someone? And like, how can you, but I don't understand, like, how can you... Um go off of a look like if this was the different way around the other way around so if this was um like in a heterosexual situation like if if a man looked at me a certain way I couldn't I couldn't turn around to the you know to the court and be like oh well he looked at me funny way so that's why I beat him up Is that, like, can you imagine I was trying to use that excuse like all the men that have looked at you weirdly and I was being like are using that as an excuse it would just be total laughed off I know exactly and I mean this this whole case is just it I feel like it really does show like so much homophobia in this case because I even read that there was at his funeral um obviously this death like invoked a, such a massive public outcry like there was it was really like it's known as I saw a lot of headlines that describe it as the death that changed America because it was so like horrendous and um but at his funeral there was a pastor that um like showed up and was protesting he had like a, a congregation with him um and he showed up with all these like um picket signs and that saying that Matthew was um burning in hell and like you know like basically preaching all this homophobic crap and it's just hurt. like at his funeral like it's just so awful like I just don't understand how people can then pass that off as being like a religion like what do you know what I mean that's like the West Baptist Church isn't it it's mm. a mind life rose documentary and that and like the way they live their life is insane. It is yeah. one of the most mental things I've ever seen. Like they'll pick at soldiers' funerals and anyone that's like gay abortion clinics, and I couldn't even imagine that. At like his mum and dad are just trying to lay him to rest. I know, especially after everything that's come. Like obviously, the public reaction is not like it's not a positive one. But you, you would want the public to be. This sounds like how much I word this, but you know, you'd want the public to be really horrified by what had happened. Do you know what I mean? But it's still like really really hard to you're trying to you're trying to grieve the loss of your son but you're doing that like right in the public eye like having to wear a bulletproof vest exactly the day's hard enough like you don't need anything else matthew's legacy however lives on with his death resulting in the passage of the matthew shepherd and james i think it's this brian bird bird bird's hate crimes prevention act a federal law against biased crimes directed at lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgender people. The acts actually provided hate crime training to over a thousand law enforcement officers and 76 prosecutors since May 2017. It's created a dialogue about hate and acceptance within communities around the world and built a robust collection of resources to support the Laramine. 
why why have I completely lost the track with that name sorry guys (laughs) project and other legacy works inspired by Matt's story However, even in instances where courts instruct jurors not to engage in bias, the implicit homophobic bias of hearing an LGBTQ plus panic defense can still influence the jury's decision. For example, in cases where perpetrators are not acquitted as a result of um, the defense being used, the jury may still deadlock because it's unable to shake this inherent homophobia of the defense. So this is highlighted by the case of Gwen Araujo. Um, She was 17 years old and she was transgender. She had engaged in consensual sex with two men. And then seven months later, these two men, well, supposedly they only just discovered that um, she was transgender, but I don't, I feel like they would have known that if they had had sex with her. I I don't know, I don't know the full story, but anyway. um, So they found out that she was transgender. They beat her repeatedly, they strangled her. They tied her up, they hit her with a shovel, um, and really sadly, they killed her. At trial, one of the men's attorneys claimed that the violence was caused by the shock of discovering that Gwen was transgender, and the jury deadlocked. So that's basically the the same as a hung jury, so they couldn't reach a decision, basically. Um, So that means they have to go for a second trial, and at the second trial, the jury did reject this claim of the LGBTQ plus panic defence um, and they found them guilty of the second degree murder. That Even second degree though? I know, I mean, second degree, I feel like this is, this is a whole topic that we could probably discuss in a future episode because in America, obviously, they make these distinctions between first degree and second degree. Um, but I still don't, that's it's clearly like if they, they found, they found out that she was transgender and then that it was so shocking that they still, but to me that just still instigates like some sort of motive, like I just don't. I don't get how that's not premeditated, if that makes sense. Like I might just be yeah. a bit dim, but I don't, that they've obviously had to go find out. Somehow they've said that they've not known that she was transgender, which I struggle to believe, but then they've said that the shock of it was so much they've had to travel to find her to then attack her yeah i think it shows yeah, that, that the defense even still works in like certain little ways yeah the murder of jennifer Lord is another really troubling example in 2014 jennifer met a u.s marine named scott pemberton in in olangapo city in the philippines where he had been stationed He strangled her to death after he found out that she was transgender. He was found guilty of homicide in the Philippines, but the judge maintained that the charge could not be increased to murder. Now, in the Philippines, there is a distinction between homicide and murder. Like here, the two are synonymous, like you think they're the same thing. But in the Philippines, homicide is simply the act of killing another person. But murder, on the other hand, involves killing another person but there are these like qualifying circumstances there's quite a few we're not going to go through all of them just now but they involve things like killing for a reward or prize money or whatever and premeditation I don't know this one still just doesn't sit right with me because I'll never really understand or I'll never be able to accept strangling someone like 
out of panic like when you strangle someone that takes time so I don't understand how you can keep going with that before you realize you know what you've done if that makes sense it's like the whole we'll probably go on to talk about it in one of the episodes but like the crime of passion defense Mm-hmm. I think that it's obviously so controversial because loads of, I think it's, I think it only operates in certain countries and people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of them's Spain. And obviously it's like people argue that they were just so taken up in the moment due to anger or fear that like strangulation and stuff gets a lesser sentence. But to me, I just, especially in cases surrounding this kind of context I really struggle with it because you to strangle someone it physically as shown like by like the Grace Moline case it takes so long yeah it takes time and it takes strength like especially if someone's gonna be fighting back against you and stuff like you know to hold someone down and to do that like that it takes time it's not like you know when you you know if you get frustrated or if you get upset um and you like lash out that, that's different because that is like a heat of the moment thing but this is something that you do over like minutes that's enough time for you to realize that this person is probably going to die like Mm -hmm. you know I mean um so yeah that one just it just doesn't sit right with me um another example this one really really troubles me a lot um in 2008 Terence Hauser was stabbed 61 times by his neighbor Joseph Biederman well, wow, guys, I'm really sorry. We just, every single name we read out, we're just like, it's a, it's a joke. We really need to step up the game of that. Not very good. Anyway, um, so Biederman claimed that he had passed out and that when he woke up, Terence was holding a sword to oh. his neck and was trying to sexually assault him. Um, Biederman pleaded the panic defence, arguing that this whole ordeal caused him such a panic that his only option was to stab Terence 61 times. I'm sorry, but 61 times? Like, how does it have to be that many? Like, if you're getting attacked by someone, like, I can maybe understand, you know, stab them, like, in the leg or something, you know, like, to immobilise them to, so that you can run away, but 61 times? Like, he's going to be dead, surely, before that. Like, how, you know, at some point, how do you still keep going, you know, if there's, like, still this crazy threat? I just don't yeah it just doesn't make any sense to me at all um and if you're equally as shocked as I am well prepare to be even more shocked because he played this defense and was successful which meant that the jury acquitted him of first degree murder I physically can't believe that I know that one just does not I should that no so I, 61 times I'll just never get over that even it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know 61 times clearly shows a lot of anger exactly like that's it's not self-defense like it's not and that's as we're kind of saying like there when it comes to deciding on an lgbtq individual's right to life a hung jury and a mitigated sentence have the same effect withholding justice from the victims and sending a message the lgbtq plus individual's life is not equal within a court of law and currently in the US the the LGBTQ plus community makes up 3.5% of the population yet is vastly overrepresented in hate crime statistics so in 2007 sexual orientation ranked as the third highest motivator for hate crime incidents at a total of 17% of the attacks behind Race behind race, sorry, which was 51%, 
and religion, which was 18. Over the course of lesbian, gay or bisexual people's lifetimes, one in five are likely to experience a hate crime and one in four transgender people are as well. That's a horrendous statistic. That's I one mean, in five, like one of that's it's such a vast amount of the population. Yeah, I mean, geez. That is that is really quite terrifying. And similar to the report on sexual offences, many hate crimes against LGBTQ plus individuals are underreported globally due to concerns of harassment, distrust of institutions, fear of retaliation, and being outed to friends and family. And like I know it's a conversation we've definitely had before, like about whether you would report like sexual harassment written then you can or like anything and you just know like there's it's so damaging to the individual because there's no trust in the system exactly i mean we've as we just said they're really really horrifying statistics but that's only the ones that we know about you know it could be even worse because people aren't reporting it i personally could imagine it was a lot worse because for people it's such a risk to report that some people are just more willing to it's absolutely horrible but they just want to go on with their lives and that mm. should never have to be an option for people exactly like you shouldn't have to that's what the police are there for like you should be able to trust them and you know know that you're going to get the justice that you deserve exactly although attitudes about lgbtq plus are changing getting more positive recognition through social movements and liberal governments um, much more needs to be done to stop this disrespectful defence being rife within the courts. Currently, as of July the 1st, 2019, only eight states have passed legislative bans on the use of the um, gay slash trans panic defence as a legal defence. So these, these states are California, Illinois, Rhode Island, Nevada, Connecticut, Maine, Hawaii and New York. And there are several other state legislative, legislative efforts working to ban and denounce the legitimate I'm sorry guys the words are just really not on my side <laughs> today um to denounce the legitimacy of the gay slash trans panic defense so in some states such as Washington state Texas and Minnesota these new legislative efforts are still at a discussion level America is not the only place trying to move away from the use of the defense the only state in Australia where it can be used in court is recently scrapped the provision, but LGBTQ rights campaigners and further reports, sorry, have said that further reports were needed to combat hate crime. Previously, defendants accused of murder in South Australia have been able to argue that they have acted out of panic over a victim's sexual orientation or gender identity, which has potentially allowed charges to be downgraded to manslaughter in some cases. So obviously it's quite a positive move that they're trying to get rid of that at least. Like I do agree that more needs to be done. I don't think it's just a case of get rid of the defence because juries are always going to have that kind of idea. Yeah, it's so hard because this defence is only one element of like the hardship that um, LGBTQ plus people face. Like just because we scrap this defence doesn't mean that all hate crimes are going to stop and people aren't going to be technically, well not technically, but almost getting away with you know murder in most cases so there, I mean it is it was obviously a positive step in the right direction but yeah there is definitely a lot more that needs to be done and like you say like it's so hard when you can have it all 
like perfect on paper in the law but it still comes down to like juries and their own prejudices and obviously they're not supposed to have you know they're not supposed to bring their own biases in but people do like you, you can't stop that from happening so yes there's a lot a lot more that needs to be done yeah it's like have you seen that tiktok trend where people have been saying like things i could talk about for hours and they list all the topics they could talk about no it's really cool actually it's like people are like oh i would talk about this and one of mine would be like jury attitudes like and i know that sounds so swatty but i think like yeah. not much can actually be changed until societal attitudes are changed yeah no 100 percent. because at the end of the day like it does just come down to normal members of society and like what they what they think so yeah that's where you kind of need to start new zealand also no longer accept the provocation as a plausible defense and the, in the UK, the Crime Prosecution Service has stated that the fact that a victim made sexual advance, sorry, advances on the defendant does not of itself automatically provide the defendant with a defensive self-defence for the actions that they then take, which I feel is a bit wishy-washy, but... It's the typical, like, I don't know... It's very, like, Brit- like British stuff I've all up into it. It is, and I, I feel like, you know... I mean, when I first started, whenever I went into the law, into law, like studying law, I just thought, you know, the law was like really cut and dry, you know, you just learn what the statute's saying, what the legislation says, and that's it. But it really isn't. And the law is very typically, very broad, very open to interpretation. And I just think that's how these things still are able to happen because it's just not specific enough. And there's all, the, yeah, like you see, it's all this wishy-washy kind of language that what is that actually going to achieve in practice, you know? And recently... The Gay and Trans Panic Defence Prohibition Act of 2018 has been pushed through a lot of the courts in America, like working to ban the defence. It's predicted to be well received through a number of states in America, but kind of like what we were focused on earlier, like West Baptist Church area, it's pres- it's presumed, sorry, that there will be a resistance by a lot of the- I think this is such a funny phrase, Bible Belt states, <laughs> where the act may not have an easy path because like it's so true. <laughs> I know these like really really like Christian conservative states that just but I just don't understand like is it so hard for people to like separate church and state like is that really I I think no offense I feel like if America's a really bad time I think (laughs) in certain places it is too hard for people like I just don't and then you know I I feel like I see all these like political videos on TikTok of these Americans and I, I really hope that they are the minority of these people that say that you know being gay is wrong and abortion is wrong because and then people ask them well why and then they say because jesus said so like jesus isn't making the laws like you know not everyone believes in your jesus like you can't force your religion on everyone else it's like you always do hope that's the minority because the whole point of religion is about being a community so like actual people who really do respect religion don't care if people are gay or they want to have an abortion they care that people live like a harmonious life exactly and these people are just it's like proper extremism they're spreading like so much hate and then they're supposed to be all about like oh jeez you know praise jesus and jesus was all about like getting people to love each other anyway so it's like if they want to be really accurate in the bible it says you're not meant to eat shellfish like there's so many rules that it's just like so funny that they pick like this one exactly it's proper pick and choose like there's so many little like things in the bible that you're not supposed to do like obviously you're not supposed to do anything on a sunday and that is that only fish on a friday yeah, like what are all these stupid things? So yeah, you can't just like pick and choose what ones sound good to you.
So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and found this little insight into a very troubling area of the law useful and informative. We would of course love to hear your thoughts on this as always. So let us know in the Facebook group, tweet at us, tag us on your Instagram stories, all of that. Let us know what you guys think. We'd love to hear it. And of course, we have to mention leaving us a review <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. It really, really does help us out a lot, guys. And we would just appreciate it so, so much. Leave us a gleaming review, five stars, you know. But we still want to hear what you guys think. So, yeah, we just really, really appreciate it so much. As always, make sure to follow us on all the socials. They'll be linked in the description, of course. So, yeah, that's it from us. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye.